Welcome to Knickknack News. I'm Anthony. And I'm Alex. And my first story today is technology news. This is from ScienceAlert.com. The headline is, This 3D printer uses ink made from microbes to print blobs that are alive. (laughs) Whoa. Whoa. (laughs) Whoa. Whoa. I have a story later that's about blobs that are alive, so this is exciting. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we have similar, so we have uh, similar things. Week. We have a theme this time. Living, Living blobs. blobs. <laughs> so in a new study published in Nature Communications, scientists have outlined a new type of living ink, or bio-ink, made from programmed E. coli bacterial cells. Okay. Which can be 3D printed to create hydrogels in different kinds of shapes um, that can then have like functions like releasing drugs or absorbing toxins depending how on how they are engineered. Oh. So the way it works is by um, bioengineering the bacterial cells to create living nanofibers. So like they combined these E. coli cells with like other substances to create fibers that were like alive. Okay. <laughs> and then then they fed those into a th- 3D printer, and which like s- kind of squeezed it out. It described squeezing it out like toothpaste, I guess, into like different blob shapes. All right. That apparently keep their shape. So, yeah. And then the article, um, the article said that in the future, this technology could be used in everything from building self-healing structures to producing bottle caps that are able to remove dangerous chemicals from water. So, like. Wow, they've had a lot of ideas for I these know. stuff. <laughs> it's very wide range of things. Um, so I I'm love a sure, product like... that can do anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and they also mentioned in here like like using it as like a drug delivery material too, which I, I don't know. Like I feel like it's just very early. Like I don't really understand exactly how this could be used, but I like the bottle cap with the water idea. I guess that sounds nice. It's like a biological. Like water filter kind of idea. Yeah. So that works. It seems legit. I mean, I don't know if it works, but it seems like it could work. It seems like it could work. Yeah. <laughs> right. I don't know either, but yeah, 3D printed living blobs. Excellent. My first story is technology news. And this is from Engadget as well as the Unicode Consortium. So you might, oh, you might I know what an, this is. You might have an idea what's I think coming. I know what this is. Uh, so the headline is, the most used emoji in 2021 are mostly unchanged from 2019. Really? So, yeah, they did a list. Um, I think we actually talked about the 2019 list on here as well. Um, okay. Of the most used emoji. Um, but, yeah, the Unicode Consortium says the top 10 most used emoji are mostly unchanged from 2019. Uh, they didn't do a list last year, so oh, I was wondering. Yeah, I was wondering, I was wondering like, how we would have missed that. Where's the 2020 list? Oh, there was oh well, one, apparently. Oh well. Um, the tears of joy emoji reigned supreme again. Yes, which was I the love one, that one. The one that won in 2019. Uh, it accounted for five percent of all emoji use. Wow. Uh, even though many Gen Zers find it very uncool. I don't know if you've heard about this. Really? But yeah. Apparently, Gen Z thinks the the. Uh, 
cry like the tears of laughter emoji is like a millennial. It's thing. dated. Yeah. It's like dated now. Yeah. We're it's, old now. It's chuggy. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> now back, I learned that yeah, that word. To bring back to bring back <laughs> that word. Um, oh. It was also the top emoji in 2019 and the most tweeted one last year. Um, oh, I guess I should also clarify for like most used emoji, they're sourcing this from like social media and stuff. Not like oh, it's not like they know like everybody's texting. text messages or anything. They've hacked into everyone's text <laughs> yeah. history. But just for this, yeah, it's that all makes sense. it's all it's all on the level in, in like uh, Twitter and Facebook. Yeah, and it's like on social public facing social media. Cool. Um, the Unicode Consortium said the only emoji that gets close to the popularity of Tears of Joy is the red heart. Also kind okay. of unsurprising. Uh, the rest of this year's top 10 most used emoji um, are rolling on the floor laughing, which is just the tears one tilted. The sideways one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> thumbs up sign. Classic. Loudly crying face, uh, which is the one with like the tears streaming down the face, which yep. I use pretty often. Uh, folded hands, also known as the prayer emoji. Okay. Um, Face blowing a kiss, smiling face with three hearts, smiling face with heart-shaped eyes, <laughs> and smiling face with smiling eyes, <laughs> which is the one where like the eyes are like closed. It's like, oh, that one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I just yeah, tried I to demonstrate just, it. Yeah. I hope Anthony it came across. Just tried to do that face. It's really hard to do because it's not it actually what the human face does. But yeah, um, yeah uh, of that list, the only one that's different, I think. I have to look at their at their list again, but I think the only one that's different from 2019 um, was the heart shaped eyes emoji. Oh, okay, uh, which replaced double heart, which is like the the two hearts on top of each other. Which oh, I always forget it is an emoji. So yeah, I'm like, kind of surprised that's use that? that popular. Yeah, huh? Um, well, I guess two years ago they did. <laughs> yeah, they said the top 100 of emo- top 100 emoji account for around 80 se- or 82 percent of total emoji use, even though there are more than 3,600 of them now. Um, which is like I don't think even accounting for uh, skin tone variants. Wow, uh, like those are all considered like all the skin tones are considered one. Yeah, um, smiling faces and hand based emoji are generally the most popular, as are the plant and flower and emotion categories. Uh, motion being like hearts and stuff. Oh yeah. Um, the least popular. I don't know why this makes you laugh. The least popular emoji category is flags. <laughs> That's funny because I was about to be like, "Is it the flags?" It's the flags. And like specifically, that. the country flags are the least popular. Like because there's like, a couple. When do you use yeah. that? I, it's just not know. really. They like, even pointed out like the Olympics were like that just happened didn't or something last year was it last year I don't know the Olympics happened relatively recently. He, wait a minute. Yeah, there was As time is hard. Aren't the Winter Olympics happening this year? I think so. Yeah, there's because there's the Tokyo Olympics that yeah. happened. Was that at the beginning of this year? Wait a minute. Because the twenty wait a minute. There was an Olympics that was supposed to happen that got delayed, right? Yeah, was that was that this year? I don't remember when that happened now. Oh Everything God. blurs together and I can I never... thought the article said that there was an Olympics this year. And anyway, the reason I bring that up is because like that would be the time you think maybe the country flags would be more popular, but nope. <laughs> still not. Yeah, still not that still popular. Still not. <laughs> um, so Unicode also has a breakdown of the most popular emoji by category and way more data if you're interested in that. Uh, <laughs> I will include that link in the show notes for sure. Okay. Because it's it's like way more data than anybody would care about. And they have like a spreadsheet of the data you can download if you want. You can download a spreadsheet. If you want to play fun. around with it. But uh, they have a bunch of graphs know, and it's stuff. Fun. It's 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 neat to look at. And they also have like like the most popular flower emoji is the bouquet. And there's like 
all kinds of little things like that, which I thought were, huh. was kind of interesting. But uh, it was like way too much information for this podcast. So, <laughs> um, I will leave that to the reader. It's interesting that the flowers were brought up as popular because I would have thought like the animals would be more. Yeah, so. I did too. Because I know a lot of people use the monkey ones. and yeah, Apparently there are 53 ones. different types of animal or specifically mammals, I think. Okay. Um, I'd have to look at the article again, but uh, <laughs> but they're not that popular for some reason. Hmm. Okay, my next story is health news. This is actually from WebMD.com. They post <laughs> news stories, apparently, I found out oh, this week. Oh, okay. It's also <laughs> a great place to diagnose yourself with something you don't have. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Pretty sure, like, everybody's done that. Uh-huh. Um the headline is experimental chewing gum could reduce coronavirus spread. Okay. Did you hear about this? It's just because it forces people to keep their mouths closed. <laughs> no. Um, so uh, somebody actually developed this chewing gum that like sticks to the particle, the COVID particles. Okay. So it's, it keeps them from like coming out of your mouth if right. you're chewing the gum. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I think also like, Going into your mouth if you're chewing the gum. <laughs> okay. This study on this was published <laughs> in the journal Molecular Therapy. Um, yeah, it's uh, this is a quote from the study. Chewing gum with virus-trapping proteins offers a general affordable strategy to protect patients from most oral virus reinfections through debulking or minimizing transmission to others. So it, it, the gum actually contains copies of the ACE2 protein on like surfaces of the cells in the, in the gum. Uh-huh. Um, Luckily it tastes like did, peppermint. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They didn't say what it tasted like actually. I don't know. But um, so they did test tube experiments with this gum and they put virus particles like in a test tube with the gum and the like gum, like they all stuck to the gum. I'm <laughs> 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 laughing so much at this. Um, <laughs> And they said the gum feels and tastes like conventional gum. <laughs> Good. Mouth feels very important when and, it comes to gum. Yeah. And the, the mouth feel, yeah. And, um, and they said that chewing the gum doesn't ma- uh, damage the, like, the ACE2 protein um, receptors or whatever on it. So Okay. And it's, it's not available yet, but, like, they're going to keep testing it and try to get it, like, FDA approved. <laughs> I mean, I just sure, I very guess. Creative. You have to chew know. a couple pieces and stick them up your nose too for full protection. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> the people I come with like nose plugs of this gum. Yeah, I. <laughs> I'm just thinking of like traditional gum too. It's like it doesn't occupy a large part of your mouth, so I guess it's really counting on you like moving it around a lot. I guess like, I don't know. I don't know. It seems like. Maybe they w- it wouldn't be as effective in a mouth as it would in a test tube, but I don't know. Yeah, that's probably why they have to keep testing, like <laughs> yeah, in mouths, true. maybe. But I don't know. I thought it was creative. I th- it did not say this anywhere in the article, but I'm assuming that this is people thinking like, oh, maybe this could be an alternative to like mask wearing. Right. Yeah, I like you know? chewing gum, so it works for me. <laughs> yeah, I don't do it that often, but I would if it was like. There was other reasons other than just like so. Now to ride on the airplane, you either must wear a mask or you must be chewing, chewing gum. gum. 
Which I'm pretty sure they don't allow on airplanes. (laughs) There's actually a lot of places you're not supposed to come. So I'm just imagine, just imagine like people are like, I'm just what what is the scenario where it's like weird if everybody was chewing gum? I guess a plane. I don't know. Yeah. Or I guess I actually I do chew gum on airplanes. It helps with the ears popping. So. Oh yeah. Maybe I'm maybe I'm breaking the law. I don't know. No, I I, wait. I think think you can chew gum on airplanes. Yeah. Never mind. I think it's. I don't know where that came from. Yeah, I'm like, wait a minute. (laughs) I don't know. It just, yeah. It's a lot of buildings and stuff. They don't want you chewing gum because they don't want you. They don't want you to stick it it places. Yeah. It's also like kind of like unprofessional, like un Mm. unseemly to be chewing gum in certain situations. So it's like I always I always spit it out before I have a meeting. Like, can you imagine like everyone at the like. In the, in an office setting, like everybody's <laughs> just chewing <laughs> gum, like <laughs> hopefully not making that sound. <laughs> it's just an entire sea of people just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's kind of gross. Okay, yeah, anyway, sorry to our listeners with <laughs> <Sorry>. misophonia. <laughs> My next story is science news. And this is from LiveScience.com. Pac-Man shaped blobs become world's first self-replicating biological robots. This is this is my blob yeah. story. Um, yeah. Whoa. So Pac-Man shaped. Pac-Man shaped, which is apparently important to this. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> the the article is very long, so I'm I'm trying my best to summarize it. But uh, okay, the tiny bots called Xenobots by their creators, uh, which we've talked about Xenobots on. The yeah, that, that show before, familiar. and I don't remember in what context. Um, hmm. But uh, they're made from the stem cells of frogs, but they don't reproduce by mitosis or meiosis or any of the other ways cells divide and replicate in normal circumstances. Instead, they build more of themselves from raw materials uh, that what? are free-floating frog skin cells that have been like put in the petri dish with them. Uh, and then they, that ends up creating multiple generations of nearly identical organisms. So what? basically they've got these little blobs that were made from frog skin cells and are specifically Pac-Man shaped. And they just kind of like move around in this Petri dish and push together other, like other skin cells, which, which then like eventually form into more of them. <laughs> My my jaw is hanging open right now. I've I don't never really understand it. <laughs> um, heard of? I've never heard of anything like this in nature. Yeah, they ever. just they said that they they move in. Well, it's not nature; it's science. <laughs> Wait, that's not anything. <laughs> it's not nature. Wait. It's it's artificially like created just with natural materials. I guess. Oh, so they wait. They took the frog. The frog stem cells don't just like naturally they, like, do this. They like form them into this shape, but then like once they form them into that shape, they could do this apparently. Oh, so they said that they move Weird. in in corkscrews and spirals, and their open Pac-Man like mouths scoop free floating skin cells into piles. Those cells stick together once in contact, and those piles gradually meld into new Xenobots, which then like continue, and they can just like keep making generations of themselves. I this don't, is wild. It's so strange. Wow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, I'll, I'll let you keep yeah. Going. I. 
I wish I could explain better how it works. Like I said, the article's really long, so maybe somebody smarter than me could like read it and be like, oh, I get it. Uh, but I'm not that person. Uh, though, so they said, though this self-replication is a fairly delicate process, so far possible only in a carefully controlled lab dish, researchers hope it offers new promise for biologically based robots. Uh, so it's like very sensitive to like outside disruption. So it wouldn't actually be practical in any other setting. Um, biological robots are promising because they can self-repair. They're also biodegradable. Left to their own devices, the xenobots run out of energy and begin to degrade within 10 to 14 days, leaving behind uh, only tiny specks of organic decay. So they just kind of burn themselves out of energy and then expire. Huh. Um, the researchers are working on designs that might allow the xenobots to carry small amounts of material. Potential uses would include delivering drugs inside the body. <laughs> it's which like is the what same everybody list. loves to do with yeah. their with their mobile blobs. Yep. Um, yep. Or yep. cleaning up toxic chemicals in the environment. Uh, they said, "Don't worry, though. There's no concern that these biological robots will replicate out of self, out of control and take over the world." Uh, one of the creators, Sam Kriegman, said, "If you sneeze on the dish, you'll ruin the experiment." <laughs> so, like I said, it's very, it's very sensitive. sensitive. Um, but yeah, they're. <laughs> I wish I understood why this works like it does. They did also like apparently part of this is that they used AI to generate the shape. Like they ran like oh. some kind of like process to determine what shape would be like most effective at doing this because okay in their regular state like these round like these cells are round and they can do this already like they have they can do this but it's much more random because they don't have like the scooping mechanism so they just like have to like okay. randomly okay. Push, push cells into each other but that actually yeah. makes sense if like the original cells already kind of could do it right. and then they ran simulations to figure out like oh what if about this shape and then they found one that was like wait this might actually work and then they then they made that right and like okay. basically the in their default state they'll create these new ones but they'll be too small to actually continue the process so they'll just die out after one generation mm-hmm. whereas these are able to continue to create new ones and like that's the i think that's the big step here is okay. that they're able to continue like going and this is what they look like Wow. So yeah, they're just like They're little, like little kidney beans. Little little beans running around like pushing <laughs> things together. Wow. It's 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 really mesmerizing to watch actually. You know what this made me think of? Um Jurassic Park. <laughs> they never stopped to have because, some shows. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that wasn't why. Because there's a part in there where they talk about like that oh the dinosaurs aren't supposed to reproduce. But then they end up reproducing and they can't figure out how. And then they were like, wait, we used frog cells. And like, aren't frogs able to like do that somehow? Like, like if, reproduce asexually? Yeah. Maybe. If they're in it, they, okay, know. well, they got just <laughs> random movie knowledge. There's a part where they're like, they say in that movie that frogs, when they're in an environment where the other like sex isn't present, they can, they figure out how to like, still reproduce anyway. Somehow. Oh, that's cool. And so that's I wonder what the if dinosaurs it's really <laughs> Yeah, and that's what the dinosaurs did. So, <laughs> you know, I I'm I don't have any scientific ba- that's just what the mo- the people in the movie said that, so I don't know how true it is, but <laughs> but um I'm just wondering like what well they they chose frog cells to do this. Yeah, I'm maybe just wondering it's at if least it's related. Based in based in something like that. I don't know. Like if the stem cells can just make other cells like from organic material, maybe that is why they can do that. I don't know. Yeah, anyway, maybe <laughs> that's, 
I know a slight side tangent. I don't know. We're learning a lot about frogs here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Frogs and Pac-Man. And Pac-Man. Yep. Okay. My next story is archaeology news. This is from BBC.com. The headline is Bronze Age Axe Horde Found by 13-Year-Old Detectorist. (laughs) Which is a new word that I learned. Detectorist? Yeah. It's somebody who has a metal detector and is going around detecting stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, I don't know if it's a British word. I thought it was like a weird way of saying detective for some reason. (laughs) I was like, what is that? What is a detector? They've come up with, the British have come up with a word for people with metal detectors. All right. (laughs) They're detectorists. Um, This is a pretty short story, but. A 13-year-old girl named Millie has uncovered a horde of Bronze Age axes on her third-ever metal-detecting trip. Millie was scouring a field near Royston, Hertfordshire with her dad when she made the find, um, which turned out to be the first of 65 artifacts dating from about 1300 BC at that that location. Um, So archaeologists were called in to excavate the whole thing and... Um, once they're done cleaning it and everything, it's going to be sent to the British Museum in London. But yeah, apparently there was 65 artifacts found there. Oh, so it was wow. like this huge that's like, a, Yeah, that's an, a massive haul. Wow. Yeah. Um, so it just made the news because it was like this 13-year-old girl found it and she was like super excited. <laughs> I think we've talked about this before, but isn't that like every metal detector's dream is that they just like <laughs> yeah, find yeah. anything? <laughs> I know. <laughs> that they find literally anything of importance. Literally anything. Like... Yeah. Well, like, yeah, some people probably just want to find money. Like, they want to find gold or something. But Right. But, yeah, this is pretty cool, too. I mean, yeah, she found, I like, would, a whole I'd be axe excited. Hoard. Yeah, to find, like, <laughs> like an, an important historic artifact. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's cool. But, yeah, that was the whole story. So Very cool. Yep. My next story is space news. This is from CNN. A year on this exoplanet only lasts about eight hours. A whole year. A whole year. An entire year lasts eight hours. Uh. Which, which means that the planet goes around its sun in eight hours. Is the sun, like, super tiny or something? It's definitely smaller than ours, but okay. yeah. Um, so All right, tell this, me more. This is an exoplanet called um, GJ367b, which I feel like they could have Great. come up with something more catchy. Um, it's closely and rapidly orbiting a star 31 light years away from our sun uh, and has a year that only lasts for about eight hours. Uh, the rocky exoplanet is considered an ultra-short period planet, or USP, that whips around its star- host star and, like I said, completes a single orbit every eight hours. Uh, the mm-hmm. planet is about the size of Mars, so it's only half the mass of Earth, which makes it one of the lightest exoplanets discovered so far. About 86% of the planet's interior is made of an iron and nickel core, which also makes it very similar to Mercury, uh, which has an 88-day year. So, still quite a bit longer. Um, yeah. During the day, this planet reaches 2,732 degrees Fahrenheit, uh, which is hot enough to melt rocks and metals. And the planet is also bombarded with 500 times more radiation than Earth receives from the sun. I didn't include in my notes, but the article made a point of saying that means it's not habitable. It's like 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, humans couldn't live in that environment. In, uh, like, humans okay. couldn't live in 2,000 degree weather. Thanks. Anyway, uh, astronomers, <laughs> astronomers are eager to learn more about these small planets that quickly spin around their stars in less than 24 hours because they're not sure how they form and end up in such an extreme orbit. Uh, this newly discovered planet is close enough to our solar system that researchers were able to gather more data than with other known ultra-short period planets. So this one's kind of hmm. unique in that way. Uh, they plan to continue studying the exoplanet and its star so they can find out whether there are any other planets in the system. Uh, those potential exoplanet siblings and their orbits could help reveal how GJ367b came to be. So, I don't know. Just thought that was fascinating. Just a ball of metal spinning rapidly around a star out there. That's really, really, really fast. Yeah, really fast. Like, really, really fast. fast. <laughs> like, I don't think I can, we can emphasize. I wish they'd actually calculated, like, how fast that would be. So they could have told us, like, I, I don't know. It oh, just, yeah. Wait, because is it, is it, so it's also rotating? Likely, yeah. So it's probably rotating and like just, but just spinning around this planet. Like, I don't know how fast that has to be. That's wild, though. What if it's rotating, not the in not the same proportion as the Earth? (laughs) What? So like, so like a day is like three hundred hours long, but the but the year is eight. (laughs) Yes, yes, that's exactly that's exactly what I'm saying. Or it's well, not rotating. Like reverse, yeah, it's like, rotating yeah. just like really slowly. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, you need a whole it's new calendar like, at that point. Yeah, like that, everything's just messed up. Then. Yeah. I don't know. Or I guess you make days the time it takes to go around the sun into yeah, years. Yeah, you like, it's just the reverse the definitions, right? <laughs> <laughs> wow, crazy. All right, it's time for breaking news, the part of the show where Anthony and I look up stories. That just happened today, or were just posted today, and we read them to you on the fly. Detectorist. Ready, set, go! Go! Okay, so I found something on sciencealert.com that was just posted a few hours ago. Um, And I basically picked this for the headline, because it's fun. Uh, 400 million year old Excalibur sea worm found in Australia with full suit of armor. They found a... What? (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) They found a worm with metal around... No, I'm just kidding. Oh, Um, no. Oh, I thought you were serious. What? They found a worm with actual... Like, like, I'll explain. Like, it has, like... Like, it's biological, but it has, like, arm... It's like an armored worm. Like a shell, almost? Yeah. What? That's so cool. It is cool. Tell tell me more. It's bizarre. (laughs) Um, So... Uh, this is a scientific name. I'm going to, I don't know how to pronounce that. Um, so it has these like overlapping plates of calcite crystals that run along the length of its body. And there's a picture here of like a, I think they, they did some type of like CT 3d model of this fossil that they found to show like how like the armor is set up. And it's like, what? like, see how it's like these like overlapping, yeah. like, like scales almost, but it's like, hard like calcified material that's and there's a worm in there <laughs> that's so cool yeah like it's this Armor seems very like like sci-fi yeah I don't know, like, yeah it really um, does like 
definitely something you, know? you would see in like Star Wars or something. Yeah, like some like <laughs> you know the the sci-fi pla- movie. <laughs> you know the sci-fi movie. <laughs> um, yeah. So this says that they had actually two overlapping armor systems. One of them ran down the length of the skeleton, and the other covered like the sides of the creature. Okay. Um, and they could like move like a worm, but they also could curl into a ball and be like armored i don't know it's like what i don't know it's just cool i've like never heard of anything like this um it sounds like a pokemon it kind of does sound like a pokemon yeah <laughs> uh so apparently there are t- now two known species of worm that can that kind of are like this now this this one with they nicknamed excalibur and then this other one called shuriken um and they're like yeah they're both like like 400 million years old and they went extinct at some point but wow yeah. yeah. Apparently, the armor couldn't protect them from extinction. Yeah, apparently not. Unfortunately. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I just I thought that was neat. Never heard of anything like that yeah. before. <laughs> uh. So this is on CNET, uh, but it's mostly just an excuse to talk about Spotify Wrapped 2021. Yeah. Uh, everyone's favorite time of the year, <laughs> at least when it comes to Spotify. Um, so if you're not familiar, Spotify wrapped experiences, tap into your data from using Spotify to recap your musical taste for the year. Uh, they launched, um, the different experiences you can have on its mobile apps on, uh, Wednesday. Uh, this year's wrapped included new features like, uh, determining your audio aura, which I didn't really understand, but it was like some swirling colors that I guess corresponded to genres or Styles yeah, like of music the, I like yeah. or something. I didn't. Get I didn't. It. I, didn't I think get mine was like you. orange and blue, and I. Sure. I already forgot what mine was because yeah. I was like, I don't know, I'm gonna get this. Um, one of them was playing two truths and a lie with your trends, which I kind of thought was fun because it's like it showed three th- trends about what you listened to that year, and one of them was false, and you're like, that's not me. <laughs> yeah. I got I got mine right. I don't know if you did. I actually got mine wrong. Oh no! <laughs> Is that fun? I was like, I mean, to be to fair, me. all three of mine were like these. Could be right, but I I don't remember what my what my lie was. Um, they also had something about like these would be the songs on your movie soundtrack about you, which I, like I don't know. I don't really care about any of that. I'm more interested in like the top stuff and like yeah, all my stats for the year. Um, and yeah, like like usual, it also sums up your own top artists, genres, songs, and podcasts. Uh, plus total minutes listened to on Spotify. I don't listen to podcasts on Spotify, so my list was inaccurate. Um, <laughs> But they also do the like global and U.S. most streamed artists and songs. So I have those lists here. There's not really anything that's surprising. Um, well, I guess it depends on what you consider surprising. <laughs> uh, Taylor Swift is number two on both global and U.S. Uh, Bad Bunny nice. is number one on global and Drake is number one on U.S. Oh. Um, BTS is third on global. Okay. Uh, something called Juice World. Is, Juice World, yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Is the third on the U.S. I don't know who that is. Um, Kanye West is fourth on the U.S. Bad Bunny is actually fifth on the U.S. Justin Bieber is fifth globally. Hmm. So I don't know why I'm reading it completely out of order and from two different lists, but um, <laughs> that's fine. I'll just do the. I'll stick to the top things. Uh, the most listened to song globally 
and in the U.S. was driver's license by Olivia Rodrigo. I was just going to say, I'm surprised you haven't mentioned Olivia Rodrigo yet. I'm because surprised, I mean, too. Her stuff was streamed a ton Yeah, this year. Good For You also appears on both of those lists. It's okay. second in the U.S., and that's my favorite of the songs from the album, Because like, for anyone wondering. Yeah. Driver's and, License was number one on the Spotify Top 50 for a while. Oh, yeah. I subscribed to it that was really, It was it like the time. single before the album, right? Yeah. That like really yep. blew up. Um, and Sour, the album that it was on, was the global most streamed album and the U.S. most streamed album. So I don't wow. know how that doesn't make her the most streamed artist also. I don't know necessarily how those metrics work out. Because mm-hmm. people are just listening to the entire discography of Taylor Swift or something. Um, the, honestly, that that is probably it because... Yeah. Taylor Swift fans do that. <laughs> yeah, Dua Lipa's on here. Justin Bieber with his new album. Mm-hmm. Ed Sheeran with his new album, which is apparently called Equal Sign, which I did not realize. Like, literally just an equal sign. Um, mm-hmm. Doja Cat with Planet Her appears on both lists. So, All right. That Juice World shows up again, and I still don't know what that is. Um, yeah, so I thought we could also talk about our own if you want to. Yeah, we can. Because I, I do have my stats. Um, um, or at least a couple of them. I can bring up my full stats, but basically my surprise of this year was that my my top listened to artist was Justin Bieber. That's funny. Which just made me laugh because it's because there's like two songs on the Justice album that I just really like and I listen to a lot. And I'm pretty sure that that caused him yeah. to be my top artist. Yeah. Even though like I wouldn't say that like Justin Bieber is my favorite <laughs> artist. Like I would pick somebody else probably, but yeah. Um, my top yeah. my top artist was Bo Burnham because <laughs> yeah. I listened to the Inside soundtrack so much on repeat. I was it said I was in the top one percent of the listeners for that this year That's awesome. for Bo Burnham this year. Yeah, he was my number four. Yeah, my number two was Lady Gaga, which is unsurprising because nice. Chromatica was also. Oh, but that, that didn't was come last out this year. year. That came out last year. What did I listen to her so much for then? Huh. You must have still been listening to her, that. Yeah. Same thing. I guess she they did also she did also release like a remix album and I there were several mm. songs from that that I liked. Okay. Uh number three was Hootie and the Blowfish, which I can explain. <laughs> That's awesome. There's like several songs <laughs> from them that I just like have fond nostalgic memories oh, of. Because yeah, like same. it was on the radio all the time when I was a kid. Yeah. So I like for some reason I was listening to their discography. I was like, I know like seven songs by them pretty well. So I just made a playlist of those seven songs. And I've listened to it on repeat. I find it's like really good work music because I don't have to focus that hard. Okay, on the yeah. Music, so no, totally. I have uh, like a '90s playlist that has their stuff yeah. on it. No, too, good stuff so. on there. Yeah. Um, uh, Little Nas X was number four. Nice. <laughs> and number five was Olivia Rodrigo, which honestly I'm surprised she was only number five, given how much I listened to her song, but um, her album. But yeah. So I have my top five list. It's okay. Justin Bieber, Cardi B is mm-hmm. number two. Okay. Number three is the weekend. Oh, which I really I like a lot of yeah their stuff. I know like you don't. I feel like you don't you don't listen to the weekend that much. Um, right? I think we talked about this at one point. I don't know. Yeah, not not the new stuff. And there's like one old weekend song be- from before he blew up that. Like, oh yeah, I really like called the morning. I think it is. But it's I like completely his his newer stuff is much more poppy, and his older stuff is more like R and B. I think. So. Okay. I don't know. Um, anyway, I don't yeah. listen to him that much now. But um, yeah, that was my top three. And then number four was Bo Burnham because of Inside. Of course, yes. Of course. Naturally. And then number five was Olivia Rodrigo because <laughs> also of course, her yeah. album. Of course. I know. Um, this, this all just made me want to listen to Sour again. Um, <laughs> yeah, Sour is just fun. Um, yeah. And my top song yeah. of the year, like even though she didn't show up on my top artist, was Up by Cardi B. 
That was also my top was, song. Did it tell you how many times top you song? played it? Yes. How many times? 75. <laughs> what was yours? 174. <laughs> okay, you got me Almost beat there. Almost exactly 100 you got me more. Beat there. <laughs> <laughs> I listened, you when that song first won. came out, I'm pretty sure I was just listening to it alone on repeat for like a long time. Wasn't this the one that I was like, you have to listen to this yeah, song? Yeah, you were the one who turned me on to <laughs> and it. I was like, I was like, Anthony, have you listened to this song yet? Anthony, have you listened yeah, to this song? Yeah, and I know. And, and I then he finally not did. Listening and I did, and I was like, oh, this is actually the best song ever made. So Because I did the same, like, I listened to it on repeat, like, for a while, but for I guess just, I only got up to 75. You you beat me by a lot. Yeah. Wow, that's impressive. That's impressive. <laughs> impressive is one word for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow, that's funny. Yeah, that, that's such a great song. Okay, that's our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We post episodes every Friday. And as always, the links to this week's stories will be in the episode description. You can subscribe to Knickknack News on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. And you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash knickknacknews, on Twitter at at knickknacknews, and on Instagram at knickknacknews. All right, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.